We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Coming at you midweek, uh, the final week of August. My goodness gracious. I think it. it I think it's going to be September, uh, what, Friday? Tomorrow? Saturday? I don't know. It's, it's coming up at some point pretty soon. I've lost all sense of time and place. Uh, that's what moving uh, will do to you as anyone who has moved uh, at any point in their lives can can attest to. Um, good episode for you today. Uh, a conversation that I really, really, really enjoyed. And um, I knew it was going to be good because this person is very, very insightful and not really a homer when it comes to his team. Um and that is uh, Ty Windich, uh, who is someone who covers the Bucks for Blue Wire, the Eurostep podcast, um, and uh, he's a big, big part of the Blue Wire family. So he hopped on to talk about the Giannis situation. I think it's a situation. Well, I'll let you be the judge. You, you listen to our conversation. I think he probably thinks it's a little bit less of a situation than the rest of the NBA maybe thinks. But I also think he is justifiable in his position that it's not quite a situation yet. Um, and that if it is a situation, it's one the Bucks have seen before. And it is one that they have the wherewithal to handle. and. Um, I, I won't say anything else. I'll let you just uh, hear from the guy who covers the Bucks and uh, has a, a lot of uh, very good insight about them. So, yes, Ty Windage coming your way right now on the FIBA front. Um, if you've been following along, uh, Team Canada finished off their, I guess you'd say their first round games, first round matches, whatever you want to call it. The initial the initial games that they play before the, the next round uh, with a nice win over Latvia. R.J. Barrett, uh, really, really good from the field. Hit four of his six three-pointers, nine of 14 overall, finished 22 points. He is, I mean, he's just looking, he's looking the part. Um, you know, I know it's FIBA. I know it's slightly different rules, but it is, whether you're 
someone that's been something of an RJ skeptic, like skeptic, like me, or someone who's been a, a massive supporter of RJ, um, you know, through the years, this is just incredibly encouraging. And uh, I can't wait to see what he does when, um, Canada maybe gets some, some tougher matchups, which they may face pretty soon. So, uh, based on uh, shout out to New York basketball's Twitter account. Uh, the first first person I saw to put this out there, Team Canada will be playing their second round games. Uh, it's Friday, 9.30 a.m. versus either Brazil or Ivory Coast. And again, this is uh, per New York Basketball's uh, Twitter account. Uh, great follow. If you're not following them, go follow them. And then Sunday, 9.30 a.m. Uh, versus Team Spain. So you figure... At the very least, the, the game against Spain will be a good test for RJ and, and Team Canada. Um, as for the United States of America, um, I think this episode, I'm not sure exactly what time this episode is going to drop. I know my newsletter drops at 5 a.m. Uh, that that game will actually, uh, Team USA's next game will start um, before my newsletter drops because uh, it te- Tees off, tips off at 4.40 a.m. And that is against uh, Jordan um, on Wednesday, I should say, August 30th. Uh, That game, I'm not going to lie. I don't know exactly what the consequences are or aren't. Um, I do know that obviously Team USA has advanced to the next round. So that's great. And uh, we also know that Team USA at some point in the next round is going to be facing a uh, a familiar face. Although, actually, I say that I'm not actually really quite sure how many of of uh, well, at least the Knicks on Team USA have have been on the same court with this player at all. But I'm talking about Rokas Jakobaitis because Team USA is going to be facing uh, Lithuania at some point in the second round of the World Cup. Uh, Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, my my guess would be if I had to guess that neither Josh Hart or Jalen Brunson have ever shared a court with Rokas Jakobaitis. But who knows? Maybe they have at some point and we're just unfamiliar with it. Um, But yeah, we're not still not sure as to the order of their next games, uh, the schedule or, or any of that stuff. I would assume it's going to be Saturday and Monday, but. Um, we, we shall see. All right. That is, uh, officially your FIBA update. Um, don't think there's anything else to, uh, report at the moment. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Ty Windage. Joining me now on the next film school podcast. He is a returning guest. Um, I've talked to this person like so many times throughout the years. I've certainly lost track. Although I, at the same time, I feel like it's been a while. I can't even think of the last time that I had a conversation with him. I'm sure it had to surround the Knicks Bucks game. Um, in any case, uh, we will uh, we will get into all that in a bit. He is uh, the host of the Eurostep, yes, Eurostep podcast, part of part of the Blue Wire podcast network. He also does a whole bunch of other stuff for Blue Wire. Um, really good friend of the pod, um, Ty Windish. How are you, my friend? I'm good. We'll have to celebrate Christmas together this year. We are the the early Christmas game again, right? It is the noon Christmas game. Yeah. Which I believe the Christmas game, it was, well, let's see. Frank was still like in, on the outskirts of the rotation. So it yeah. was three years ago. It's was been it a while. I, yeah, we've had Knicks Bucks before, but they keep giving us Celtics and Sixers. And frankly, I was happy when the schedule came out. Not even just like a difficulty thing. The Knicks are pretty good too. But like, it's just more enjoyable for me 
on a holiday to not have to watch my team play the Celtics or Sixers. If the Bucks lose to the Knicks, I'm like, oh, that's too bad. It, you know, that happens. Bucks lose to the Celtics or Sixers, or it's even close. Next. Or they have, yeah, I, I'm not having a good Christmas after that. They got drubbed by the the Sixers a couple years ago. I did not have a holly jolly holiday season after that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. It sucks. So I'm very glad it's it's us again on Christmas this year. Well, you want to talk about adding insult to injury, or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. For that, the aforementioned Knicks Bucks Christmas game, which I, again I think was three years ago. Andrew, I'm sure will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that morning, because I was still very much a part of the Frank Nilakina standum, um, that morning, my wife had given me as part of my Christmas gift, a, I, uh, I think it was a fresh French Prince, uh, t-shirt, which was, there was some debate about which was the proper nickname for Frank Nilakina, which I'm sure fascinates you as a non Nick fan endlessly, uh, the proper nickname for a fringe rotation player who I, I love this kind of stuff to be honest but go on isn't it great yeah, <laughs> yeah. Andrew's telling me it was a 2018-19 season so hold on does that mean five was, years ago no and I, I believe may need it. to call Andrew up here that can't be five years ago it was Christmas 2018 Wow. So wait, hold on. We're, we're sorry. We're 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 sidetracking. The summer <laughs> two thousand, the su- summer two thousand nineteen, when Durant didn't sign here, and then Fisdale got fired twenty some odd games into the next season. You're right. Holy shit! A year before. That. Yes, yeah. because yeah. Fisdale was already fired by Christmas of the twenty night. Oh my god! You're right. So I'm off by two years. My lord. Yeah. Uh, thank we're you, old. Andrew. We're you're all up, old. Andrew. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all it's just, you know, what's crazy to me about this. That, and this is why I can't believe it, that it's five years ago, because like the Frank thing seems like yesterday. And yet yeah. it's it's five years. Anyway, <laughs> it got me a French Prince T-shirt that morning, which I proudly wore to my the family Christmas day of event. And then um, we get to that game and not only do the Bucks. I mean, just, I don't know if you remember that game. They whooped the floor, yeah. wiped the floor with the, with the Knicks. But Frank Nilakina, after his mother had come from I, I somewhere across an ocean yeah, yeah. to watch him play, uh, he did not get off the bench. And, like, there was no real rhyme or reason to it. The team, like, was ass. <laughs> Everybody knew the team was yeah. ass. Like, playing Frank, not playing Frank, what the fuck did it matter? Yeah. Um, and, and Coach Fisdale did not, did not play Frank Nilakina. So that was fun. Um, how did we go down this? I was all sitting to a bad. podcast and it's I was going to be like, hey, get ready to lose your best player to yeah. probably the Lakers, but whatever, maybe the Knicks. And we got, we went down this path. Um, so I'll start with this. How are you feeling? How are you feeling as a Bucks fan these days? What's going on? What, what's going through your mind? You know, it's funny. I, I, our big takeaway on the pod after the New York Times interview um, of Giannis that, of course, is I, I would say probably not lighting up the Internet as much as I kind of expected. I think the reason is twofold. One, because and this was our reaction, like we've done this before. I mean, this isn't the first time Giannis has said things like this. It's probably like the third or maybe fourth time. I mean, like a year ago, he's like, yeah, I might want to play for the Bulls someday. And everyone was like, that's kind of weird. And then we just never talked about it again. That was like a, a random like, yeah, it's probably not serious because no one wants to play for the Bulls ever except Nikola Vucevic. But um, that's one reason. $20 million. Yeah, it's that that I would play for the Bulls, too, for $60 million. Just just saying. Um, yeah. Karnasovas. Um, but 
the other reason I think like football, of course, coming up. So there's all, all that stuff is going on and baseball's doing its thing. I don't know how much that drives summer. headlines. Yeah. yeah, it's summer as well. But, you know, the I think the big sports news at the moment is certainly going to be football, even though the FIBA World Cup is very fun as Knicks fans, I'm sure, are tuned into that and everything else. So um, pretty much the same, honestly, like still more thinking about you know, schematically what will change with a new head coach and Adrian Griffin this year. Um, there are, I think the general sentiment for Bucks fans outside of like myself and and our podcasters is like, here we go again, you know, like, Oh, here we go again with all this, which I think uh, I haven't seen as much rage this time so far, which is good when Stephen A gets to it on the content calendar. I think that'll piss people off more. Of oh, course. We, why would you care? I, I'm not saying I care. Okay. I'm a Bucks, I just, Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for Stephen A and what he's built himself. All the it's respect. Incredible entertainer. Yeah. Incre- Thank you for using yeah. that word. Um, but like, if if you care about what he says, that is a personal choice, but that's how you want to consume entertainment yeah. slash content. I just, I, okay. I, as long as we agree that what he says doesn't actually matter, no. we can continue. No. Um, you know, ESPN at large. I mean, there's there's going to be the honest segments if there already has been. But I think there's I think the Bucks fans are a little more numb to it now and just kind of know the deal. And I think understand like it's it's a fair deal as long as they're competitive with the championship runway. I think they have a good shot at keeping him. I still think that's the case. I think he said that he said that again, like he always includes that in there. I want to stay. But if I have to leave, I'll leave basically. And to me, it's always felt like pressuring the organization as much as doing like the PR stuff to, you know, get people thinking about him leaving. Um, And I don't have a problem with that. I think you look at the greatest players in league history and they've either been part of dynasties with their teams or they've left their teams. And that's like really without exception. I mean, Duncan, I was just that video about how Duncan almost teamed up with Grant Hill and Orlando's going around again. Like, you know, these guys, even the guys who are the pinnacle of loyalty had their moments. Kobe was almost got out of, of LA before they went and got Powell. Like, you know, this is, there's a push and pull with these players. Teams have to earn it. I don't have a problem with that being the arrangement. There is a lot of pressure on the bucks. I, I don't think they're going to lose them like in the next year. I think it's all about the transition from Chris and drew to whoever's next. And we can talk about it. I think they're set up to do that moderately well, but they have to nail it. And that's, that's part of having a guy like Giannis. I think that's a fair arrangement between superstar and franchise you threw a lot out there i wrote i was like literally right talk a lot man that's my bad no (laughs) are you do you you have a podcast Uh, (laughs) i was like i'm writing that thing i want to go back to a lot of different either things you said directly or ideas that came to mind as you were talking um let well let's start well you mentioned duncan actually just get this out of the way if you think about now look, what Duncan would have done had this this not transpired, who knows, but like it took the Spurs drafting two Hall of Famers and I think two guys who in my personal opinion, not that that matters, had a a pretty good argument for the top 75 ever. I think I at the end I'm trying to think if I had I think I might have had Tony Parker in my personal list. I think I may have had Ginobili a little bit on the outside, but like whatever. You could have made arguments for both guys. And then if you want to throw like Kawhi Leonard in there, like getting him essentially for the at the 15th pick in the draft with that with the George Hill trade. Like it did it take those events like to keep him around? I don't know. Maybe once he bypassed Orlando, like that was his chance to leave. And he, you know, and and that was like kind of earlier than than when Parker and Ginobili really hit. But 
regardless, that's such an anomalous situation. And Tim Duncan is such a like, I feel like an anomalous guy. Um, so I don't think that's a fair comparison. And I think what you said, I think who who else would you even say? I guess Dirk and Steph. Yeah, but it's like, like all, all it yeah. took for Steph was, you know, them being the best team of the last 20 years or whatever and, and winning another one even post KD. But like, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to not leave when you're playing in San Francisco and you've won four titles yeah. and, you know, you've had this core that came up with you and then they threw in KD and now you have these kids and you win another one. It's like when when could Steph have left? Right. Like, when would it have ever yeah. made any sense for Steph to ask out? Like the two timelines thing may not actually work, but like it was such a fortuitous uh, set of circumstances kind of in a weird way kind of well, well they hoped it would mirror the David Robinson getting injured and then yeah. like to yeah. look, it hasn't quite worked out that way but in any case it's like and Steph was the one who got injured too that's the other part of it it wasn't like he had to sit and mm-hmm. like be an active player through all that anyway unique circumstances Giannis is um, no one's saying he's James Harden he's just like a normal he's like a normal superstar athlete which I think is fine I, I guess what I'm what I'm wondering at this point, most of all, I'm going to go micro and then I'll probably zoom out from here. You mentioned you thought they were somewhat well set up or as well set up as they could be to transition from Drew, Chris, Brooke, et cetera, et cetera. How do you see that going? Because I see three older expensive players and not a whole lot of exciting young talent on the roster and there's still some picks out the door. So just like, can you vamp on that for a minute like what do you see how do you see this going yeah so the the data i've been targeting actually for about a year now is draft day next summer they'll be able to trade two future firsts which i think just as when they when they dealt with new orleans those future firsts will also be advertising maybe it'll be new orleans again quite honestly i think brandon ingram would be a really fun fit and if new orleans is kind of just still stuck in the mud like will they look to move one of those guys i think they kind of will um they also are really high on trade i see pelicans people talk about trey murphy like he's already better than brandon which i don't think but whatever that's really in the weeds that's that's different 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 podcasts right there um but also um the guy they pick they'll be able to trade so every other year they'll have a pick on draft day they didn't last year they will next year so Basically, so it's essentially one, three firsts, three firsts. I mean, one is not going to be as appetizing, right? Assuming something doesn't go horrific this year, which would be bad. I mean, I think they're going to win a lot of games almost no matter what. I mean, the team is still very good. The East is top heavy, but not like a murderer's row throughout. Like the West is gearing up to be again. So, you know, let's say it's like the 20th to 30th pick somewhere in there. Not very good, but a first round pick, you know, a salary scale player. So three firsts. And I think all of the players they have and a bad year could change this for almost anyone. They're all at best neutral value contracts and at, 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 excuse me, at worst neutral value contracts at best better than that. So I think you look at their trade chips on draft day and it'll be, we have the salary pieces to make almost anyone fit. We have some young players. I think Marjan Bochamp will play this year. We'll see what kind of year he has. The two second round rookies that I think are very raw. I don't know if they'll have a ton of value, but you know, a throw in whatever. We'll see again if, if they get to play at all. Um, so I think they'll be able to make something happen. It probably won't be, you know, a Luka Doncic kind of player who won't be available anyway. But if it's like, you know, we see a Brandon Ingram, a DeJounte Murray, Drew Holiday back when the Bucks got him three yeah. firsts and, and good players on salary. I think you can make that work and just a fit like a 28 year old guy on the Giannis timeline who fits well with him, I think makes all the difference in the world. Like a a more athletic, younger pick and roll partner than Chris. You're still going to have some role players around there. I think that's the game plan. I think this year, 
they're not old enough that they can't compete, especially with a little bit more athleticism in the rotation. You know, getting Wes and, and Joe Ingles out of there as good as they were at times, moving in Bochamp in year two, Malik Beasley a lot younger and more spry than those guys. I think they're well set up to compete. And then whether you win or not, I think this summer they're going to be looking at making that pivot, whether it's adding to the core, you know, can you bring in a player with Chris and Drew or does one of those guys have to go out for, you know, X? I mean, it's, this is a name that people are very different on. Zach Levine, is Zach Levine available? I was, like, yeah. You you took the words out of my mouth because so all the, all the names started popping up yeah. uh, in contacts with the Knicks early in the summer. And fans were quick to shoot them down as mm-hmm. targets. And I, I think justifiably so because the front office ended up not making a move yeah. for any of those lesser options because and I love Jalen Brunson more than anyone, but like if Jalen Brunson is still your best player and you're adding a, whether it's a Levine or a Carl right. Anthony Towns or name anyone in this kind of class of Bradley Beal, we had a Bradley Beal, yeah. Bradley Beal discussions. Like it's still like, okay, so like what, what's your ceiling here? Really? You guys have the luxury of like you get to Giannis yeah. bringing it to the Kupo. So like I, you know, we don't need to do the the Zach Levine, you know, Giannis fit or right. anybody, but like just the notion that like a, a B level star, but the right age range. You know what? Honestly, I I really hadn't given enough thought to the the draft pick thing and the fact that you really would be able to put together a nice package. And then as far as the contract stuff. What's Portis's deal? I like Portis's deal. I it's remember like, a, I like 11, 10, 11 million a year. That they're so they're so that's a steal in this market. Yeah, it really it is. is. And he's got a couple more years. I think Grayson maybe is expiring now or next year, but like this year it's like, like nine year. nine million dollars. Pat is yeah, like ten million dollars, which he's I getting a little that. older. I love Pat Connor. He had a great playoffs. Yeah, I'm all in. I hope they don't trade him. I'm all in on Pat. So it's like you know, the like when John Collins got traded for like basically just bloated salary, Bucks fans and Monty Morris too was like this, where it's like, oh, why didn't the Bucks go get this guy? They could use a backup point guard. They don't have the dead cap. Like they don't have the Fournier to use the Knicks example, where it's yeah. like, yeah, we don't care about this guy. We'll bring in a player. You have to trade a rotational player. I think it's going to be actually kind of hard for them to make a big midseason trade because you have to give up a rotation player you, unless you're getting someone who makes almost nothing, which those players typically like, you know, quickly the Bucks fans are obsessed with quickly. He's obviously made really? little for a while. Oh yeah. Cause there was like one rumor and then he went on a tear right after. And th- then the re- reporting was like, yeah, that's not happening now, but he's one of those guys that Bucks fans really wanted to take the swing on. Um, and I still would really like to, but now it's like, I think he's like, I, I wouldn't look at him. No offense to Emmanuel quickly as the Levine kind of guy you can bring in. I don't think he's quite there maybe someday, but that's a, that's a tough risk when you have Giannis and you mentioned Beal just quickly. The reporting yeah. is the bucks were all over that. So that's why I think like, I remember that it's not reckless speculation to think the bucks are going to go after this, like late twenties, maybe around 30 perimeter player who they just have never had someone like that with Giannis, like as flawed as Beal can be. You, you don't know, consider Middleton to be in the Beal kind of category not i'm not saying chris isn't that talent wise but you know chris is not a great dribbler right like for all the stuff chris can do like someone who's more even more adept at the pick and roll chris is certainly the best pick and roll partner they've had with Giannis, and that is a deadly play type because chris doesn't need to be open but that additional speed and handle i think could be really devastating and like between drew shooting um you know foibles here and there although the pull-ups have been very good sometimes and chris not having the most deft handle I think someone like Beal in there could really supercharge that action for Milwaukee. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. The quickly thing is interesting. I'm, 
I'm going to choose my words carefully here. Otherwise, Andrew's going to come on and yell at me. Um, <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the. I'm on the lower end in terms of like there are a lot of Nick fans out there, and I think there's evidence to justify this who do really think like this guy is a, a capital S star in a different situation where he, you know, he's not essentially playing behind. He's not technically playing behind Jalen Brunson, but he kind of is. Um, we're basically in a situation where his his uh, growth prospects are not limited by the fact that there is a small guard that already has a very important job for the Knicks. And he is, you know, also a small guard, albeit one who's, who's an excellent off ball defender. Um, I don't know. I'd be actually really curious to see what he would do as like a third cog with like Giannis as your number one. I don't, but I, again, I don't know that I feel great about it. If like either drew or, Chris was like my number two. Like I would, I would want like a really dynamite number two, and then quickly is almost like the number three. That that would be interesting to me. I, I don't know if I see a trade there, but which, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really either. Especially given yeah. what the Knicks are hovering, attempting to do with Giannis and everyone uh, else who I think is going to so, be available. Yeah, I mean, we could we could start to get into that. I well, actually, before we do one, I want to go back for one more second in in terms of. Because to me, when you're in a situation like this, like you guys are in, where you you uh, cover, you know, explained it perfectly, it's like, all right, well, like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I think my instinct in times of uh, like this, not that we've ever had a situation that like you guys are in, but where like something is coming or something could be coming, and then you you already start to think, well, if it goes the wrong way, you think about regrets that you 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 know could have had along the way like does it bug you at all does any one or two or whatever things like but like DiVincenzo like nothing happened with DiVincenzo I'm not saying DiVincenzo was God's gift I like him he's a nice player but like that I don't know if you, I mean go back to like Jabari like is there anything that like really sticks in your craw as a Bucks fan like man if we had just like done this better or nailed this maybe we wouldn't be in the situation I mean the 19 playoff run just how close they were when they lost to Toronto they were they were like a up fraction. Two, right? Yeah, fraction from up 3-0. I mean, there was like a weird out-of-bounds play off Siakam and Chris that led to that Toronto barely winning that game three. And, you know, as as much as they ended up winning the finals that year, down 3-0 is, is a different animal. And I think psychologically is so different. So that series in itself, I think, is one of them. And we did a whole rewatch of that series for some god-awful idea. And like the way they defended. <laughs> like a great idea. Oh no, it was not, not, not for us. It might not have been fun for you, but it sounds like a good well, idea. Well, we, we learned a lot. I mean, like the way they, they kept sending help at Kawhi and just giving up wide open like shots and, and threes in, in the strong side corner, which is like why no wonder so Fred Van Vliet went off. Yeah, no, not not at all. Um, and I think he got better overall, but then had a, a low point in the playoffs, um, which I, you know, the, the, the coaching comment from Giannis was funny because all the reporting was he was all which in on Adrian Griffin. Well, he said, you know, we've got to see how the coaching staff comes together, which again is fair, but it's like, this was the guy you really wanted, Giannis. So I would hope you're you're high on the prospect. Um, but it's, you know, again, it's a, it's a fair thing to say on his face for sure. I mean, if it doesn't work out, then that's going to be a, a tough spot for the Bucks. First time coach, yeah. But yeah, so 2019 series, but the roster moves, none of them get at me that bad, to be honest. Like the Brogdon trade was really bad in the moment, but I find it hard to believe he wouldn't have gone out for Drew in that move anyway. And mm -hmm. I just don't know if that's a difference maker in the bubble when the Bucks were just like not playing well. And, you know, I, I just don't think Brogdon's the difference between that heat buzzsaw that it was maybe. Couldn't, but, you, couldn't you argue the other way that if they had kept Brogdon, is there a chance they don't 
Yeah, that's the other thing. It's the move for Drew, which yeah, then maybe, yeah, that could be even worse. Anyway, so yeah, but, so I think you know getting Drew and then winning twenty one absolved a lot of things before that. I think twenty two, the Celtics lost. I find it hard to look back with a lot of regrets. I mean, obviously, if Chris didn't get hurt, that'd be great. Taking Boston through six and a half games, that Boston yeah. team without any Chris. I mean, I think like. That's what that's probably one of the few playoff series where I walked away from like this really sucks. I th- I actually thought they were going to find a way to do it, but I mean Chris is like this the Celtics killer. You didn't have him at all. That's a pretty good showing. This last year just really sucked. I mean it's I, I don't know what one thing. So like da- the Dante thing. Was waiting to bring it up. Yeah, the Dante thing though. I think people still look back at that like oh they should have gotten more. He was expiring. I don't think they were going to resign him. He was killing them when he played. He came back from the injury and just really not helping the Bucks win at all that I year. Did a deep dive on his shooting progression really throughout his career. Once when they was pretty clear they were going to sign him, and like when yeah. he came back from an injury, it was like the like, the, the plus. It's just like the simple plus minus every game he was out. Like the net rating when he was on the court was horrible. So you know, they opened sample up. size too. That's the yeah. only thing. Oh, yeah. Like it wasn't a ton of games. So that's why I was like, okay. When I, my justification for like going after him hard is like if you take that season out. Of his resume, it's a steady, it's pretty good, pretty shooter, steady yeah. upward progression. Yeah, yeah. Although the Warriors' impact can't be, I, I can't wait to see him on the Knicks. I mean, it's I, I when when he when he went to Golden State, I was like, oh, that's per- like that's exactly what Perfect. he needs. It's so wide open for him. Um, and I think his worst thing is not shooting, but like he gambles a lot defensively, and his rim finishing is just such an adventure, and it's not often not a fun one. We'll see. I, I he looked great in Golden State. Um, um. Not opti- I'm not as optimistic about that, but um, one of the roster spots they opened up with that deal, um, they did end up getting um, Javon Carter, which who I think has just oh. been better for them than Dante would have been. It's like, you know, you probably could have found a different way to do that, et cetera. But they like traded Dante, Rodney Hood and Shemi Ojale, who were all horrible and got Surge and opened up a couple of roster spots. So, you know, I don't think it's as horrible of a deal as, as people make it out to be. I don't think they would have resigned him either. I think he would have left like he did the Kings. But yeah, not great, but overall, I think the way 21 and 22 went, I don't have as many regrets. I just wish they had played better in some playoffs and tried some different things, but transactionally, I don't honestly have a ton. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award regardless of the severity of your injury and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212 212- Three six 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 one zero zero. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I feel like there is... I don't know. It's weird. I'm going to talk my way through this and feel free to jump in and call me an idiot at any time. Despite the fact that Giannis had in to, uh, the the Celtic series that you referenced from a year ago, I that's one of the greatest playoff series I've ever seen anybody play. Certainly in a, in a losing series, because um, God knows that wasn't his fault. I think he just ran out of gas at the end of Game Seven. The whole team and then, did, honestly. I think like they they, yeah, they, they folded, they, which yeah. It shouldn't have even probably gotten that far, but then again, we've we've learned a lot about Celtics over the last few mm-hmm. years. Um, and then to have uh, arguably the greatest closeout game in NBA Finals history, and he's uh, he's obviously had other big games. I do feel like there is still a a modest narrative out there that he that Giannis is like not. I don't want to say like not a big time post game postseason player, but like his postseason track record is uneven, and this year. But again, it's tough because I was going to say this year added to the unevenness, but he also got injured. Yeah. So like, do is there any at all within Milwaukee fandom, like any blame on Giannis for the fact that Milwaukee has not done as well during the Like they've been in it for five, six straight years, but like don't have another championship or maybe didn't win another series or something. Does that exist at all? I don't think so. Um, you know, 2020, he also got hurt um, and wasn't good enough. Something about playing That's the true. heat, man. But I mean, I think there, there are things he could do better. I think just team wide shot selection, which is probably his biggest playoff foible is, you know, some of the jumpers and then some of the early shot clock, like, you know, mostly jumpers. People find it hard to be mad at his drives. I sometimes think he should be a little more. You know, let's try and get a better look than just go at the whole team. But he has enough success doing it. Um, but I think that's more of a team issue. I mean, they've played the let it fly thing under Bud. And there are certainly bigger culprits, Drew Holiday, that you can look at from this past series and before with the shot selection where it's like, that's really like you're you're feeding into their run right now by taking these yeah. bad looks. Um, so, no, I, I don't think really, um, you know, there's always going to be a few loud people who... Well, you know, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're very familiar. Yeah. Um, related you mean to like on the internet? I know it's a crazy concept who think, you know, he's got to start doing this. He has to stop doing that, whatever. Yeah. I think by and large people recognize like he's always the straw that stirs the drink. None of this is even close to possible. I mean, as I think they've done a pretty solid job building around him, given you've had to compete every year and you pushed in so many chips already, but we all know without him on this roster they're they're not, they're not anywhere close to this. Right. So I don't think there's too much. I think people are generally understanding of how important and how great he is. I, if Jokic is the, the guy that I, I think I, and I don't know about you, about you, maybe you're, you're biased, but like he's my number one of like, if I have any NBA player over the next five years, I, I'm a big Doncic guy. Um, but that man, Giannis, what he gives you in both directions. Uh, 
And I like I've thought about like him and like Brunson specifically because he's the only player I really truly care about on the Knicks in terms of like forecasting like the roster right. moving forward. Right. I think those two guys be just fine together. Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't have any concerns. Um, we're not there yet though. Uh, let's okay. So you mentioned he has made comments before, so you're not too worried. I do want to specifically go back to when so they traded for Drew and then Giannis extended. There was a lot of speculation before that about what would happen, and then obviously he ended up mm-hmm. extending. Does it bother you, or have you even thought about it at all? The fact that leading up to that extension, um, there I unless there was, and I missed it, there didn't seem to be any. Uh, pointed comments to the level of these comments and the fact now we are getting these pointed comments does does that discrepancy bother you or do you think about it at all not really um there was they did like a media press conference thing the bucks did before he signed that year and it was probably the most like weird and uncomfortable i've heard Giannis. i mean he kept saying like you know it's just between my agents and the team and you know still negotiating and it was like I mean, we all know the deal. I mean, there's not much of a negotiation here. Giannis. You, here is the most we could offer you. Let us know what the options or whatever you want. I mean, we all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So even if there wasn't a story like this, and I don't remember if there was, or I'm sure a Bucks fan could correct me. And on this date, this was said, whatever. Um, I don't remember one. But, Again, you, yeah, maybe you there's not. Me, but. But I'm like, you know, last year, two years ago in GQ, he said, you know, my my chat, my, you know, my my journey has been here. I love it here, but I could go elsewhere. I mean, there's been um, over the years and just like the vibe around 19 or 20, I should say, was very much like, I, you know, we'll, we'll see. Like it until he announced that he was signing it. I they're like we were having to talk about, like, do you do you get ahead of it and trade him? And the answer to be clear, hell no. Hell no. Like you take every season. Like unless the only way they should ever consider even ponder trading Giannis is if he says, I I demand a trade, right? Like I don't want to play here. Then I want to come back to this. Yeah. But finish, yeah. But you know, with this team and everything, it's you you don't get at you can't win that. You're not winning that trade. Um, you know, all the picks, all the kids, that's fine. Whatever. You're not you're not winning that trade. So um, so no, I, I don't think it feels that different. I think it wouldn't surprise me if just like last time he needs to see some sort of a move or something before he does put pen to paper and, and sign the thing, which again, I just think, you know, I'm not, not that I'm not worried at all. Not that I think they're for sure signing him. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I'm, I'm huffing copium and I'm just like, yeah, hundred percent, he's going to resign and everything else. But I just think their position is, is what it's been for you know, basically since 22, since, you know, one year after the title, which is, well, it's time to prove it again, because we all know we've known for a while that they'd have to do. So they have to pivot eventually, because we all know, you know, Giannis, when you're talked about in that upper echelon of great players, that guy's not going to be happy with winning one and then filling seats and making all NBA teams for the next 10 years. Hopefully he plays that much longer. So um, we've all known this is coming. And I think, the kind of pressure he's putting on is not, it's not unduly like harsh. I think I, I, you know, obviously we read all his comments. I I didn't think it came off as like, I'm out of here. Although of course, you know, there are a lot of fans of other teams and analysts and everything who, who will think that Um, again, I just think it's like, you know, that's, that's, that's where we're at. I think that's the landscape and I don't mind him just saying it um, and, and keeping it real to an extent and making sure there's no confusion in the Bucks front office about what they have to do. 
Speaking of the Bucks front office, so let's I'm gonna put you in an unfair position. We get to next sure. summer. We get to next summer and I mean, it doesn't even really matter for this hypothetical. Whatever happens, either they do stuff or they aren't able to do stuff or they don't do stuff in terms of like the sorts of moves we were, Mm -hmm. you know, referencing before. And he either comes out and says or makes it known, I am not signing an extension this summer. I am taking this to, uh, to, to unrestricted free agency. Do you think there will be a discussion amongst the I'm sure there'll be a discussion amongst the fan base. Do you think the team at that point would consider consider trying to or exp- like exploring the trade? And I, I you know, I hold on. I know I just asked this question. I'm going to let you answer it. But even as I say that, I ca- I'm catching myself because I'm like, is that even the way it goes anymore? Like either like players either ask out or they it's not like yeah. do players don't leave it up to team anymore. So yeah. I'm just going to throw it to you like Let's say he doesn't extend this next summer. How do you think that goes? I'll just open it. Like- I, I would hope they don't. And I don't think they will. I mean, I think okay. you look at it from like even just strategic trying to extend the era. The best outcome for the Bucks at that point is they have a really good season. They go to the finals or win the finals. And then, you know, the other thing out of this Giannis story is like he's cheap. Right. And he doesn't want to, you know, that's that's like he's got that LeBron thing where he doesn't want to spend his money and he, he wants to, you know, maximize it. All the Google plugs he does on social and everything. You're still in a position, even though it doesn't matter because all the money is so big now. But yeah. if you have a good season, you can still give him the biggest deal that anyone can. And I do think that matters a little bit. It's not it's not, sure. you know, the end all be all, but the extra year and the bigger raises. And you can still say at that point, you know, Giannis, if you want to go somewhere else, we understand we are willing to give you the five year, 500 million or whatever the hell it's going to be contract. And of course, you've still have so much control over the roster. You know, if you, you know, want with Thanasis to come back again, I know he's talking to the Knicks for the third straight year at this point, yeah. but you know, we're, we're, we're willing to do that. You know, you want Brooke and Robin back, whatever, we'll figure it out. Um, so I, I think it's always the right move to write it out because I think you try and get ahead of it. Who knows, you know, what's going to come out later. It, you know, that's all it takes is one Giannis interview where he goes, Oh, I would have loved that one more ride for now. Everyone in Milwaukee to hate that front yeah. office. I, I think you'd rather, You'd rather risk it, although, of course, it's horrible if he walks for nothing and then your franchise is just kind of bad. I think your franchise is going to be bad even if you trade him. I, I like whatever the hall is, however many 12 year olds you get back. It's all just mystery boxes. Give me the one year of Giannis, because I mean, how many teams right now would kill for one year of Giannis versus all of the lottery picks they've had over the last decade or whatever? It, the part that you the part about walking for nothing, that's the part, not specifically that, but the concept of that is what's most fascinating to me, just in terms of what interests me most about the NBA, because, and I'm not saying that I'm actually, the Knicks, there are, there are teams that I think will be rumored specifically one, maybe both teams in LA to be of interest to Giannis. If he indeed wants to go to Los Angeles, that could very easily, as I'm sure, you know, well, know open up cap space in, in the relevant summer that we're talking about two years from now and just sign him outright and potentially even give him an opportunity to like, you know, try to build a roster around him. The notion of that, I think, is not quite as realistic slash appealing as it was maybe once upon a time. You referenced the Tim Duncan flirtation with Orlando where it was like, oh, t- 
fucking Hill and and Tebow. Yeah, we'll just sign them all. Why not? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's not really that's not really the sort of thing that could happen anymore. But um, like the no, the just from again, just talking about from a Knicks perspective, like if he didn't extend next summer, and the Knicks knew it was going to go to the summer of. 2025 like i do wonder how they or even like a team like the heat you know they're they have a lot of money on the books already like i i wonder how if at all that would impact their decision making their thought process um like will we see an an effort by even like one team to like try to clear the books you know yeah. and, and i i don't know the answer to that question and it's something I'm, i will probably spend some more time thinking about but that's well it's a little funny because you know, teams got burned trying it last time. I think the Heat a oh, little bit. Oh, you mean bit, like the Knicks? The Knicks and the Raptors as well. I mean, there was teams that were uh, like, yeah. we're going to really structure to be able to do this. And then it went away in an instant. And it was like, oh, it's okay. So that, that, that sucks. I guess we don't really know what we're doing now. So it is precarious, right? Like the Clippers opening that That's new building. sound strategy. If, no. you, if you happen into it, like the Lakers have kind of like, how often do the Lakers step in shit? Yeah, it's, that's, you yeah. know, yeah. It, it's very fresh. Anyway, yeah. 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 But yeah, I don't, I, I agree with you. It's well, especially now in the league where it seems like cap space is just becoming more and more like, oh, if we have a bunch, we can get Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks, right? Like it's, you know, in years past, the Rockets would have been able to add like a, a real all star player, usually mm-hmm. going into a summer with the most cap space, big market, wanting to throw it at someone. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. And I said this when he signed the Supermax extension, like, you know, is there, does he sign again with an understanding that in a year or two, even with X number of years left, he's able to ask out and they won't do what the Blazers are doing. Right. You know, is, would that shock me? No, it wouldn't. And I think that it's mutually beneficial because he gets to lock in that money and the bucks, then you're getting something. And, you know, as much as people have, you know, poop pod, the heat package, I don't want to get that. That's been done to death by everyone. Right. But you know, you get three first round picks, a couple of young players. It's something to build around going forward. It's better than literally nothing. But yeah. again, I'm only saying to be clear, I would only do that if Giannis was like, hey, you got to go trade me now. I would not. Well, if he's unclear, I'm like, OK, let's try it out the year again. I'll rather have Giannis than Jaime Hakez and Nikola Jovic. It, but see, to me, it, it uh, you know, it, all this is tied together. The whole player empowerment, like if there is yeah. somewhere that Giannis can walk to again, the Lakers, right? Because they're right. the ones who are probably most easily positioned to have that space at this point. Like, does that impact his ability? And I know we're getting way. I, I thank you for humoring me with this conversation, yeah, of even because it's so far ahead of of where we should be at this point. But like, does that impact signing trade potential slash possibilities? Yeah. Or like, I I don't know. It, that's the part of it that that's probably most interesting to me. Um, uh, but just yeah, real quick, because because we keep yeah. getting back to L.A. and New York, it wouldn't surprise me if he went to a smaller place. Really? And I know he said the Bulls. Oh yeah, I, I he doesn't like L.A. Like the, he's a couple times I think or at least one very notable. He got very bothered by like the paparazzi and everything in L.A. And especially now that he has a couple of small kids, he doesn't. I think he likes being like in Milwaukee. Like Giannis like goes to restaurants. Like people see Giannis out, and like there's very much an understood like. You kind of wave, you don't go over and bother him. Like it's, it's that idea, you know, I'm almost more worried. And especially because we know what his priority is, right? Like he really wants to win. And of course, New York and LA really often help with that. But like, if I'm honest, okay, I can go play with Anthony Davis. We'll probably figure out another star or whatever, or the, the Clippers and just, you know, be on a cursed franchise and, you know, bad things usually happen. Or like, can I go play with Luca? 
Can I go play with Shay and J-Dub? And Oklahoma City is a very extreme example. Maybe that would never happen. But I, I think, or like Miami, the culture there and the history. I, I do think, again, Bam and Giannis is not ideal either. Yeah. Jimmy will be old. But that idea of like, I think he's going to want to go somewhere where he's going to be able to compete first. And I don't think the market size is necessarily even second as like a positive for like, he needs to go play in LA. I mean, he is a superstar icon in Greece, around the world. He will be wherever he goes to play. I think that running mate may be the most important thing if this does happen. You, I mean, you named, you named the team. It's the Mavs. Yeah, like, that's, I, I kind of think those two teams are like staring at each other. Like can one of us, if one of us just falls apart first, the other one will be like, gimme, 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 gimme. I have a tough time seeing, look, this is going to, sound very harsh against against Milwaukee but something about Luka in Milwaukee I, I think don't that way is that. harder yeah that way is probably yeah. harder yeah yeah and but yeah I don't know May I I could obviously be wrong Giannis going to Dallas that's a scary one for everyone that's, yeah I mean that's obviously frightening for the entire league and like basketball wise like it certainly makes sense mm-hmm. um that goes without saying. Okay, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't either, to be clear. I'm not a big fan of the idea myself, uh, quite honestly. Uh, uh, two quick ones, and then I'll get you out of here. One uh, current Bucks related and one not Bucks related at all, or not current Bucks related. Well, a little bit. Um, who's your? Who do you fear the most in the East or actually in the league this year? Uh, well, in the East, I'd say Boston, but then I actually... I have, I think when I ranked this, I went on the chase down and I hurt their feelings. I put the Knicks over the, over the Cavs, which I think like, it's too bad. Well, I mean, it's, it's what I saw. I think the Cavs got better. I think the Knicks maybe got a little better, but I got to see something else. It's like when you said the Jokic thing to me, honest is the best player in the world forever and always, but I am not arguing with anyone who puts Jokic number one right now, whether it's for next season or for the next five, because he just did the thing. And I think when you do the thing, you get credit. He did the thing. The Knicks didn't do the whole thing, but they did the beat Cavs thing. And I'm going to give them credit for that until I see otherwise. Um, but like, I don't like the Sixers, I think are a joke. Like, I, I think the Knicks are have oh, as much playoff equity as the Sixers. Life. Yeah, I've been saying this. I don't I don't believe in them. I think they're a sham um, as we, a very adorable baby is now on the feed. This is great. Um, I'm totally sad. It's, it's summertime. Kids are, yeah. kids are oh, not yeah. in their respective no, I, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but in the NBA, I mean, the Nuggets, I just don't like I've wanted to see the Bucks face off with the Lakers more because I, I think Giannis LeBron series would be really cool. But B, that'd be so much fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But I just think they know how to handle that team, like that idea of a team. I don't think anyone, and certainly not the Bucs who barely play them and Jokic doesn't always go to Milwaukee, they don't know how to deal with the Nuggets. And I just think it would be very difficult for them to, to handle matching up with the Nuggets. So that's really the only team where I'm like, oh, I think that team, like I really worry about the Bucs being able to beat that team. I think they can. We'll see how much they get in their own way, beat anyone else. I'm not saying they will, but... Um, I'm not too worried about anyone in the East. I think I don't love Boston summer and I don't think the Cavs are there yet. I think they have some big matchup problems against the Bucks and the Knicks clearly are like good and they'll make you work. But I just think there's a talent difference there that is too much to overcome. I'll just say for my own personal opinion, there's no. Team. Oh, and the heat, the heater, the heat are going to be scary again. We'll see what their team is. We don't know. The heater, the heater, the heat. Yeah. Can I jump in? Can I jump in? Because I did the chase down and did the same ranking. Ty, can I get just for clarification, what was your one through six? Because that's the, that's yeah. the question Justin asked. So what is Celtics, it? Celtics, Heat. Did I put Knicks third? I think mm. I did because I've been trashing the Sixers the whole 
the whole way. Well, you no Milwaukee. Am first, I forget? Oh, Milwaukee first. Where's yeah, Milwaukee? Well, I, I, yeah. So threats yeah. to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I, I put first consistently. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Knicks, Cavs, and then I feel like I'm forgetting another team now. But did you put uh, the Sixers sixth, or did you put a different team sixth? No, the Sixers sixth. Then yeah, yeah. yeah. No okay. one is. No one else is. I, just and two we, things. Well, it was what Andrew. Well, no, just are you operating on Dame going to Miami, and that's why they're third? Yeah, or just like I mean, they're gonna like Kami Hakez is gonna be like sixteen and six. They, I just feel like they're gonna. I do think they will get oh. Dame still. There's, I, but I, I'm operating on like they'll either figure that out or they'll figure something else out. Like I, I just, I, I'm that's not a culture pick them. I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. and I mean Jimmy. I think was this playoff equity or regular season that we did, or maybe he asked me to do both. But I think playoff equity for sure them up there just because they'll figure something. And Jimmy in one series a year is gonna be a god apparently. Uh, two things. One, your your comment about I'm not really worried about the East. Big, big, big John Morant energy there. I'm not we're, we're playing the games, the West. though. I'm not playing the games. <laughs> That's no, I love it. And two, uh, what I was going to say this is obviously a compliment. There's no team that I go into the game feeling less hopeful of a win than Milwaukee. And that's the entire league. I just... Yeah, I mean, you guys have done pretty well against us for one. Um, although we do, we play guys tough. You play really like, hard because you guys, the Knicks always play super hard, and the perimeter players, I think, like whether it's the shooting or the driving, especially as the Bucks have gotten older, I think the Knicks youth really like. There's always a small guy in the Knicks who's just feels like he's killing, and it changes all the time. But I think that's why, like, they were in it quickly. There's people who like Grimes because all these guys, it feels like they have one like 15 point quarter against the Bucks. John, what would your six be? In the and East, this isn't a play. Right uh, this wasn't a playoff equity. I think the way I My, like regular season standings. The way I interpreted it was, if you were were to decide the one through six seeds, uh, I'd slide the Heat down a little bit. Then I think I might have had the Cavs even higher regular season, but then in the playoffs, I moved them down. I think the Cavs will win a bunch equity, of games. Yeah, the playoff equity, Jimmy Butler. I, yeah, that's the guy. Put him out of the Celtics, and I'd understand. You know, yeah. uh, regular season. I mean, off the top of my head, um, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Boston. I put the Cavs there. I I don't trust the Sixers. I think this is the year it finally all really comes apart. I've said this for three years, though. I'm toying with putting the fucking Knicks third, which is probably insane. Uh, I don't think it's it's insane at all. It might not be insane, but like... Again, we're just looking at the final regular season standings. Could I see the Knicks finishing third in the East? I could see it. I could also see them finishing seventh or eighth. Uh, but I could say that about... I'd be pretty three. surprised at eighth. There's a Thibodeau floor here with this amount of talent. I think six. I think six, because there could be... Like, I look at... And I don't think they're going to be better, to be clear, before the Knicks fans, of which there are many... But like, if Indiana or Orlando had a weirdly good year, I wouldn't be stunned. I kind of like what those teams are building. I don't know about Orlando. I really would like I Indiana. Be, would I like be knocked over if like the Pacers finished with a better record than the Knicks? I gotta say I wouldn't. But that uh-huh. goes for like the Hawks. Oh yeah, the Hawks. Another too. team yeah. in there that I'm I'm forgetting. But again, I'm before anybody comes and wants to kill me, I could very well see the Knicks finishing third. I yep. just think there's a lot. I mean, here, there's a shocker. There's a lot of talent in the league right now. <laughs> there's a lot of really good fucking teams. Yeah. And there's very few teams trying to lose. And when you get very few teams trying to lose, and there are really not any games to speak of, give or take a 
uh, uh, Washington, I guess, or maybe a Portland. I think Detroit. Stadium. I think Detroit will be pretty uh, bad still. But even like we heard all the Cade stuff coming out of those select games or whatever. It's like, true. Games that you just look at and be like, oh, great. There's a schedule win, you know, or there's a yeah. this team sucks. Like there's so few of those games now to me that introduces a level of variance into team records where unless you are Milwaukee, Denver. Is that it? Is that the list? <laughs> Who's the other that you'd bet your life is going to win like 52, 53 or more games? Austin. I don't. Who? Austin. I think probably yes, because the world is unjust, but I don't like what they've done. I, I don't like it I, either. There's a regular season floor of 50 wins. I think no? it's I think there's a lower regular season floor with that team where if you told me that the Celtics were not going to win 50 games this year due to KP injury, due to not having freaking already already point, happened. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that's absolutely possible. Like if you told me the Knicks were going to finish with a better record than the Celtics, again, would not be shocked. But I just I think there's be so shocked much variance. Wouldn't be shocked is the correct. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. That, yeah, I I think it's more of a a, a Tatum gamble. That you know how how Simmons has always said like I judge players but like you're guaranteed fifty wins. Like your your floor because of how good Tatum's you are not is. that. I think Yoke the Jays together is, are. I think no. the Jays together are guaranteed fifty wins yeah. if they're healthy. I think I agree. Maybe you I look, you guys might be proven right. We'll see. But yeah, for me, my own personal like I I know this team is gonna win fifty games provided average health. It's it's the Bucks, it's the Nuggets. That's honestly that's really I think Phoenix probably about. did. I think Phoenix oh, yeah, is sorry, probably I, there. I think my Phoenix bad. is there. But then again, how much average health how, is a big thing, but that's that's the, a, that's but a if they have thing. even even two of those guys, they're gonna blitz a lot of teams well, that are just that's why you get three. Yeah, exactly. So um this was great. I, I gotta get going. I want. I have to ask you one last thing. Yeah, yeah. I, for reasons known only between, for reasons between me and my God, I answered a a reader question uh, over the course of three newsletters this week, or it will be three newsletters. I love the uh, offseason. Uh, <laughs> to rank every franchise's best player, mm. um, and the reader's goal was to try to get Reggie Miller uh, last in this ranking. Spoiler alert: Reggie Miller is not going to be last in this ranking. Oh, but all time. I am. Yeah, I did oh. go through each team and I really did the exercise and I got to Milwaukee and I really I tried to really give it like an un, unbiased, objective look in between obviously Giannis and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Giannis has played 10 seasons. Kareem has played six. I originally went with Giannis and then I really took a look at those Kareem seasons. And I'm That's like, crazy. it's I mean, I, I don't need to tell you they're some of the greatest seasons in NBA history by the same player to start his career in the same place. Do you think Giannis is overtaking Kareem or are you kind of on the fence or where are you at with that? I think best is actually, it's a pure preference thing at this point, which is also kind of how I think about the point guard thing that's enveloping everything. Like I, I think it's, I think either side is pretty fair. I think greatest it's Giannis because he stayed longer and, and the way he won the finals Kareem's was more dominant but that meant he actually didn't have to have the kind of heroics. I mean, Kareem's best ever shot in Milwaukee. They lost the series. It was the sky hook in Boston to send the series to seven. And they went and lost game seven. The When they won, they really, I think they lost like one or zero playoff games in that run. They just steamrolled in 71. So the way Giannis did it, the way Giannis did it, I give almost extra points. And then he's been here already almost twice as long. I mean, assuming this year plays out, he'll only be one season away from 12. So I give Giannis greatest best. I think... There are people who believe strongly either way. 
I think it's pretty close now, but I cannot fault you giving it to Kareem, given he literally walked in the league and was pretty much like 32, 14, and God knows how many blocks. Um, yeah, it like he and you know what? You know what astounded me with Kareem during his because his sixth season in Milwaukee, he missed uh, about 20 games or 20. He broke his hand punching a stanchion. That was the biggest one. Yeah. And I think he scratched a cornea once, too. Oh, really? I yeah. Don't, I don't, I, in preseason, but I don't know if he missed that many games. There's a fascinating what if there, like the year before he left, he was hurt and sat out and they lost a bunch. And I always wondered. They went like, three if, and 14. Yeah. Like what if he plays? What if he plays and that never happens? Is there a chance to keep him? I don't think so. The cultural thing was very, very different back then. It's a whole, it's a whole thing, but yeah, sorry. More talk. Um, no, no, I, I, I love it. Um, Cause I, I, it is a fascinating what if, but like, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. During the first five years of his career in Milwaukee, he was 14th in the league in total assists in those yeah. five years from the center position, which is just so like, good, dude, it, 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 absolutely insane. I again, I originally thought Giannis and then I, I, I point is, if Giannis plays the season in Milwaukee, which I, he will, Giannis is going to overtake him. So it's, it's um, kind of a. The discussion. two really quick Kareem things. The, a guy yeah, sure. they literally banned the dunk in college for because he just did it so much, which is and it's imagine if they just banned threes for Steph. And they didn't <laughs> let freshmen they didn't let freshmen play on the UCLA team when he was there. So they won without him. But he and the freshmen beat that senior the actual UCLA varsity team in, in practice. And it's like who was the they were the defending champions, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they won with. They champions. won before him, and they certainly won with him. He's won at every level. One of the greatest basketball, maybe the greatest overall player ever, if not the greatest NBA player ever. I still think Kareem has the greatest career yeah. of any player ever. I think LeBron is making it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> a really interesting discussion, and um, I have Duncan third in that in oh. that one again for career. But again, yeah. that's like it's such an amorphous. Like, how do you consider Bird's career or Magic's career versus Duncan's career? You know, oh, yeah. one was you throw in Russell, and then it's like, oh god, what do we do? And or Wilt, what do we do with Wilt? What do we do with Wilt and Russell? Is my favorite. Like, Dude, I, I have no idea, man. We should do a separate podcast completely on this yeah, stuff. Yeah. I the 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 most interesting thing for me with Wilt, but very briefly, Wilt was not in serious consideration as the best player in the history of any franchise. No, I think the. The closest he comes is with the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors franchise. And Steph is, it's honestly, it's not close at this point. Steph has. No, no. Yeah. It, was, um, it was a good argument in 2015, but by this point, yeah, that's but, moving so often and everything yeah. else with Wilt. Yeah. And Wilt and Wilt won three MVPs for the franchise too. Um, <laughs> Which is which is crazy. Okay, we've I've kept you for too long. Um, this was great, Ty. Can you? Uh, congrats, let me say for everybody. Congratulations. Can I say what it's for? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You get married in yeah, a couple later days this week. Yeah. <laughs> so um, congratulations to that. And uh, just let the folks at home uh, know where they can find you. Absolutely. Everything we do is at gspn.info. We got Bucks, Milwaukee Brewers, Green Bay Packers podcast, film podcast, all the fun links, our Discord, everything is there. So after you subscribe and rate five stars, review, notification bell, everything for this podcast, feel free to go check out mine if you want. gspn.info. You can find all of it. My daughter's very excited. She's super excited. Right yeah. Now. It's a great listener and review. Ty, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk again very soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ty. Um, if you're not following him, he's a good follow, not only for Buck stuff, but really for anything. Uh, at T-I-W-I-N-D-I-S-C-H on the app formerly known as Twitter. That's it for this episode. We'll be back with more fun and games very soon. And uh, yeah, like we've been kind of teasing as the FIBA stuff kind of ramps up and maybe we get some games of real consequence coming up in the next week or two. Um, you know, expect full coverage from us. Uh, until then, everybody enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk to you soon. Peace out. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.